Lotus Hollow. Episode 1, Anna. As I pull into the parking spot, the engine sputters. I turn the key and sit in the harsh floodlight outside the door. Under the hood, something sputters as it winds down. I can already see the puddle forming underneath in my mind's eye. Dad would have known what to do. I can't bring myself to get out just yet. I see her face in my mind, blending into a gaggle of kids smiling and brushing dirt off their knees. The counselors argued over my head as if I wasn't even there. It probably made it easier to blame me without actually using the words. An hour went by, then the next. When should we file a report, they asked. I kept wanting to interrupt, to tell them I was going to go back to the woods. If I could just go back to the meadow, then maybe... They cut me off. We already looked there. Sit in the office while we discuss it, they said. In the meantime, the others were huddled in the various outbuildings, puttering with last-minute crafts and teaching songs to keep the kids distracted. Hours go by. A search party is organized. Rangers and locals gather in the rain. Matt says, Anna, go... I don't know. Go into town. Get whatever we need. Like what? I don't know. Just figure it out. We'll discuss things when you get back. I clutch the wheel. My chest is tight, and I blink away tears. Strangely, it feels useful to go to the gas station, even if it's a stupid errand. I didn't even notice the sun was disappearing. The door clanks behind me. The place is filled with cigarette smoke. Guys are drinking beers and laughing in the kitchen space, the smell of fried chicken still lingering, even though the roller grill is empty. A blonde, gaunt woman behind the counter looks me up and down. She looks my age. Her hair is unkempt. She raises an eyebrow and looks me over. Can I help you? If she weren't at work, I wonder what she would actually say. What's wrong with you? You look like a mess. Or what the hell happened? Hi, I... Do you have any first aid stuff? Like band-aids? She doesn't say anything at first her forehead scrunching. Um, and also we're out of gauze. I don't know if you have anything like that. She notices my camp t-shirt. The kids finally got you, huh? She cracks a smile. She guides me to a shelf with some toiletry items. It's over here. It feels like maybe they're closed, but she forgot to lock the door, and I'm the last thing she has to put up with at the end of a long shift. I pick up a couple things without checking the price. She hasn't walked away. The camp card and my ID are in my pocket, ready to make a quick purchase. Don't y'all have a bunch of that stuff? Um, usually, yeah. Crazy day. Um, yeah. Oh no. Oh no, I'm crying. There's an awkward pause, and then... Come have a seat over here. I'm whisked to an old chair with cracked linoleum lining, the smoke thick in the air. I can't keep my thoughts straight. All I can think is, it's my fault. It's my fault. Fridays are always a bitch, she says. It can't be that bad. Then again, I hear they haze you up that hill. An awkward moment goes by when she realizes I can't respond. If I try, I'll cry harder and cross a threshold I can't come back from. Somehow this panic feels both distant and overwhelmingly close at the same time. 
It has a hold of my chest and my voice. Oh, holy shit, I'm so sorry. She lets me cry a while. The men have disappeared out a back door. I look at the lines on the floor to ground myself. I can manage a shaky breath. One's missing. Why did I say that? Why did I tell her? I can't tell people. That's admitting it's real. Maybe it's not real yet. Maybe she's hiding for fun. Maybe she went up a tree she can't get down from on a dare. Maybe she's been accidentally locked in one of the outbuildings. She could be the victim of a prank. The box of bandages is scrunched in my hand. Kids know not to wander, right? I'm sure she'll stay put and you'll find her in no time. Yeah, I was watching her, though. She was with me. Honestly, I looked everywhere. There's another long silence. She goes to lock the entrance and flip the sign to closed. The floodlight outside drowns everything. I can't see into the darkness past it. What's the kid look like? She asks from a distance. She... Her name is Claire. She has brown hair. She's... I think she's eight. The camp shirts are tie-dye. I'll keep my eye out, okay? If I see anything weird, I'll give y'all a call. Do you see weird things very often? Here, I mean? Nope. Boring as hell. Don't worry, it'll make a loud tie-dye kid stand out. She turns toward me, almost looking past me. I think she's gonna say something about Claire, but instead she says, Do you hear that? I listen closely. I hear the fluorescent buzz overhead, a receipt printer, the hum of the coolers. No. I mean, I don't think so. That's so weird. It happened last night, too. What? I ask. She seems really bothered, like something hurts. There's just like this sound. It's like a humming. I almost pathetically point to the beer cases behind the glass and she shakes her head. I go to the entrance and scan outside, wondering if she is referring to my broken car and in my crying and general denial, just can't hear it. It's getting louder. What? Just when I think she's playing a prank, that's when I hear it, or sense it. It's almost a low pulsing. It's the feeling of electricity in the air, like that thunderstorm feeling, except it's under the skin. My hair stands on end. The metal frames on the glass door begin to crack, as if water was pushing from the outside. But there's nothing but darkness. The register whirs. The door flies open. The lights flicker. The tiles on the floor pop. It's gonna cave. Go! She yells. I fumble with the lock, and she meets me at the door. The glass cases inside burst. Go! Here, get in my car. The cement is cracking underneath our feet. Oh my god, oh my god. We jump in and I wrestle with my keys. Hurry! She's in the passenger seat now. I force the key in and turn. Sputtering. No, 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 no. The glass doors burst. I keep trying the key. In the rear view, I see something that wrenches the breath from my chest. I see myself, standing on the other side of the road behind us. The body that looks like me is staring at me. She sees me. Vines from the mountain rock behind her begin to envelop her arms. She tries to step forward, but when I blink, she's consumed by the vines. We have to move! 
I can only stare at the mirror as the vines pull the mass upwards to the trees. We feel a quake. A deer darts into the road and freezes. Small rocks begin to tumble downwards, followed quickly by a mudslide. The mud overtakes the road in seconds, swallowing the deer and pours between the gas pumps towards the car. It happens all before I can speak. We're screaming. The mud starts to seep into the floor of my car through the steering wheel, the console. We have to get out. I can't. I can't. She reaches across and opens the door for me. Go! She screams. We throw ourselves out of the car, expecting the terror of knee-deep mud rising to kill us. But there's nothing. I stumble and turn toward the road. Nothing. No mud. No deer. No vines. Nothing. I turn to her. Does she see what I'm seeing? And tears are streaming down her face. There's no broken glass. What we saw wasn't real. Until I look down. Thick mud is squeezing out of the closed doors of my car. She finds her voice before I do. We... We gotta go. Mine's over here. Come on. We stumble to her car at the far end of the parking lot and she peels off her lanyard. I'm half afraid to close the door, wondering if the mud is something that follows us. We're going to try to go down the hill, get closer to town. I start to panic about camp. Is everyone else okay? Did the mudslide happen or not? She revs the engine and we fly toward the road, winding our way through the darkness. There's a headlight in the distance. I start to feel sick with how fast she's going. Hey, hey, I say. But I can't find the words. I can't say slow down. No matter how much we wind around the mountainside, the lantern doesn't seem to move. It's always visible, even with the thick summer trees. Hey, I try to say again. The light gets closer. Closer. It's not a headlight. Please. I can't finish the sentence before the light is almost upon us. Stop! I scream. Just beyond the railroad crossing is a man with a lantern. We approach quickly. His eyes meet ours in the lantern light, and the second before we hit him, darkness. A menacing crunch. The car is lurched forward and comes to a stop. Is he okay? Are we okay? Hey. I reach over, feeling for her arm in the dark. Hey, are you okay? Moss Hollow is an Appalachian fiction podcast that releases every Tuesday. Written and performed by Melinda Beck, Original music by Kendall Winter. Foley by Melody Parrish. Thanks for listening.